OTP GAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we we'll just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTP GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We're certainly not winding down for Christmas just yet, are we? Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, that's the listener. There we go. I've, I've officially wound down. Yeah, I can't yeah. even find my words. Yeah, Totally relaxed. Yeah. Uh, John Giles hasn't wound down. Not from Sunday's final. No. He's going to be with us this evening on the football show from 9 o'clock. Uh, the football is back, of course, so Andy Mitten is going to be talking to us about Marcus Rashford, who has just continued his fine form from the World Cup straight into the Carabao Cup. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Good goal last night. It was an unbelievable goal. He, he looked like he was playing at a different pace to everybody else on the pitch. Now there was... <laughs> is, that, is that because he was? I think it's yeah. probably because he, he It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to reclimatise, I think, to club football and its importance. But uh, well, we'll get there. You have Liverpool-Manchester City this evening in the Carabao Cup. Mo Salah starting. All right, okay. Cool. There you go. So I haven't seen Stepping the Manchester City. Stepping on Richie's City. toes there, Nathan. I apologise. Uh, Richie McCormick, good evening. How are you, lads? Do you I want me bringing the team Go on, get, just get straight to it then. I'll, I'll get I'll get it out of the way. It's it's as you might imagine with uh, where these players play the trade internationally. It's a bit of a mishmash in both sides. Uh, so I'll bring it through the city team first of all. Stefan Ortega starts in goal ahead of Ederson. Uh, Rico Lewis, Manuel Akanji, Amrik Laporte, and Nathan Ake are there back four. A midfield trio then of Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne, and Ilkay Gundogan who captains the side, and then a front three of Riyad Mahrez, Erling Haaland. And Cole Palmer for Liverpool. Quevin Kelleher continues his Carabao Cup run in goal for them. Uh, it's a back four of James Milner, Joe Gomez, John Matip, and Andy Robertson. Stefan Bajicic, uh, Thiago Alcantara, and Harvey Elliott are in midfield. And it's a front three of Fabio Cavallo, Mo Salah, and Darwin Nunez. So Manchester yes. City have six players who played at the World Cup starting tonight. Yeah. I guess, as we saw last night with Marcus Rashford, the way these managers are going to approach it is they are fit. They haven't there. played games for 10 days, two weeks. They're sharp. Actually, these are the first names on the team sheet rather than the guys who've been resting for the I, past month. I was thinking about this. The idea that a lot of these guys are going to be like so physically exhausted they need a month off. Like they are, they've, they've regularly played this amount of games. I think there's mm. going to be a mental strain for sure. But the idea that they wouldn't be playing football for another few weeks, maybe if you're Emmy Martinez and you're partying around Argentina. There's got to be a part of Emmy Martinez just thinking... Maybe I just won't go back to Villa <laughs> at all. Just, Maybe, like, just like, end like my career. First of January. No, I'm just going to hand in a transfer request. Would you stop? I'll stay anyway. in Argentina. I'll go to a big club. <laughs> what I was thinking though is that City, even just that team there that Richie named out, like you've got a team that probably wasn't in form coming up to uh, the World Cup, and then you have like Riyad Mahrez not playing anywhere near the level he was playing last season. He has five weeks off. You know, there's a good chance that he becomes revitalised, and then you have, you know, physical freak Erling Haaland with five weeks rest under his belt. Plus, I don't know, like De Bruyne now with something serious to prove. That could go both ways, admittedly. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I am interested to see how you kind of like take uh, all of the, um, I suppose. Different emotions and there's just a, there's just a lot. There's, I suppose there's a lot more unanswered questions than there would normally be um, in all of these teams, and I think it's actually going to be a very interesting few weeks when you see like who's come back slow, who who took the break well, who didn't need a break, 
who didn't need five weeks off or who did the World Cup take too much out of, etc. I think we're going to be answering those questions for about a month. I think anybody in form was probably like dreading the World Cup coming. Someone like Arsenal. I know Mikel Arteta has been doing around media-wise, but I can't see the benefit for them of having five and a half, six weeks off because they were flying. And we saw, like, do you remember that season where obviously Liverpool were were coasting towards the league and then COVID arrived and then they came back and granted they had very little to do to actually get the league over the line. Once it was done, like they stumbled and bumbled and then they were into the next season where they did like absolutely nothing and they were terrible. So that loss of momentum, as brief as it is, is a killer. And for others, like I was even looking at Nottingham Forest last night, like they have had five weeks in which to go off and get that, you know, hodgepodge squad settled and working together. Whereas they didn't really have the opportunity to do that. It was game, 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 game. Uh, and they didn't have a chance to all mesh. And they showed evidence last night that they have used that five weeks to their uh, their advantage. And you could see teams like that climbing up the the pitch and uh, climbing up the table, sorry, in no time in the second half of the season. So I think the break is, is going to be a huge thing for some. Uh, it really, really will be. Yeah, there'll be a lot of amateur psychology over the next few weeks. And we'll be to the fore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. everything he does tonight, oh, He's just shell-shocked after what happened to Belgium. Mm. Or, what a that is a man with a point to prove. Like he was, without question, the biggest the biggest underachiever, the most frustrating player at that World Cup. He was a disgrace. I don't know about without a doubt. Well, now, that's, that's come very on. strong words. It's like, who could bring in here, you tabloid nonsense in here. He, he was, was a disgrace. He did absolutely he nothing. He's meant to be the best midfielder in the world. He was on a very poor team that everything was wrong with. He was a huge part of that. He was antics in advance and all I would have serious criticisms for. But, I mean, you know, we don't need to go with like the, those kind of dramatics. Uh, we just let him away with Romelu us. Lukaku, I would imagine, was probably Romelu the Lukaku wasn't fit. Kevin De Bruyne is meant to be the best well, defender in the world right I'm now. I'm sorry, I think he doesn't, he doesn't need to be fit. He could have been in a hospital bed and scored at least one of those chances. Mick, you're falling into his trap. This is what he wants from you. Wow. Wow, outrageous. Yeah. Um, 53106 is the text. There's a lot of tabloid journalists out there. Uh, if you want to get in touch. <laughs> um, so we keep you up to date with that throughout the evening. Uh, where do you want to get started, Richie? Uh, yeah, we'll start with that worrying news from Brazil over the course of the last 24 hours. Pele's daughter says the Brazilian legend takes huge comfort from the messages of love he's receiving from around the world. The 82-year-old is going to spend Christmas in hospital due to the progression of his cancer. Doctors say he requires greater care as he fights colon cancer with close attention being paid to heart and kidney dysfunctions. Yeah, so there's no massive updates over the last couple of days, but obviously um, it doesn't look good for Pele, unfortunately, um, at the moment, and we'll keep an eye on that over the coming days and weeks as well. Uh, This news came out of Leinster today. James Tracy uh, having to retire 31 uh, through injury. Yeah, it's horrible. This one, uh, James Tracy says he is retiring with a heavy heart. The 31-year-old hooker suffered a neck injury playing against Connacht in April and has been advised to retire on medical grounds. Tracy came off the bench in Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup final win in 2018 and helped them win four league titles. He also won six Ireland Caps, the most recent of which was a start against Japan back in 2017. <clears throat> uh, obviously, Leinster have uh, quite a bit of depth, I think it's fair to say, at hooker <coughs> right now, but still... A player with six Ireland caps who was an yeah. important player for them, made his debut pretty much a decade ago. Yeah, this happens, doesn't it? Like, you know, there's a, I can even think of a handful of Leinster players alone that, uh, you know, you were thinking of as where could they go, sky's limit, and things like this happen and they can end careers. And 
you know, the, the, the party moves on without them, unfortunately. You know, it's just one of those kind of sad things about professional sport. But yeah, that's that's uh, sort of fortunate news. I hadn't heard it. Uh, so you give us the teams from Manchester City and Liverpool. That gets underway at 8 o'clock. Uh, there's football in the Women's Champions League as well. Yeah, top spots already secured for Chelsea in Group A, but they are looking to end that group campaign unbeaten. They welcome Paris Saint-Germain to Stamford Bridge tonight and kickoff there is at 8pm. Uh, you touched on this story last night, which was about Shamrock Rovers making further signings uh, ahead of their return to the Women's National League. And they have gone all out today. Uh, confirmation oh, yeah. of Abby Larkin, five Shells players. Five Shells players, yeah. Shamrock Rovers continuing to plunder their Dublin rivals ahead of their long-awaited return to the Women's National League. Abby Larkin, one of five Shells players to swap uh, the red of Shelburne for the hoops today. Larkin will be joined in Tala by former Shells teammates Leah O'Leary, Jess Gargan, Shauna Fox and Amanda Budden. Eva Fleming and Lauren Kelly arrive from Peamount. I haven't seen any odds, but I assume Shamrock Rovers are going to be overwhelming favourites to win the league next season. I was wondering the same thing last night. I don't know is the truth, but, uh, you know, Richie, you might know more than me, but at this stage you'd have to say you go and plunder the best talent at the best clubs. Mm. You know, the it's melding and gelling that's going to be the mm. you know the question mark, I suppose. But I think but, that's for every club in the Women's National League generally because there's yeah. such a high turnover of players. And I know Joey Malone was on OTBAM before the final week of the season talking about the fact that Shells had lost seven players, seven full internationals over the previous year, so to now lose their next young crop of players. And what Rovers have done is by the two most high-profile players in the league in Onyo Gorman and Steph Roach, and it looks as though really going after all the best young players as well. So The majority of those players that they've signed from Shelburne today, and Abby Larkin is included in this, she's just obviously to the forefront because she's already an international, uh, but the rest of them are under 17 internationals, um, so they are of that age profile, so they are snapping up the young talent in the league and trying to build, obviously, and you know, solidify that for the next few years so they won't have to go out and have winters like these where they go out and plunder everybody. But um, yeah, end of the day, like the, the introduction of professional contracts is, is going to bring about this kind of churn I guess in players and, and Rovers buying up the best available talent and yeah you just hope that it's not an every year thing because then if it is then then the league's kind of in trouble you guess but this is going to be a, a stormy uh, close season for mm. the other teams particularly in Dublin yeah it does feel too early to say as to how this will affect the quality of the league in general like if if they become this dominant force is there a chance for Shamrock Rovers to start bringing players back from England at some stage or is it that their academy becomes so strong that they're the best port of call if you want to make that next step? Which there's is in also a way what they've done on the men's side. Like Piedmont have been in the Champions League, mm. Shelburne were a game or a game away. I suppose it was they were a little bit short in the end, but uh, that's probably a realistic opportunity for an Irish team in a way that it isn't in the men's game. And you know, having a super club, while I don't think it helps the game overall, it helps the league overall for sure would certainly help in that regard. And if you had an Irish team that was always the Champions League and competing in some way, then it does lay some foundations. Again, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of different arguments. There's a lot of different ways you could argue this as to whether it's good or bad. And all of them would be valid in some way. But and it's hard I, to see I, think, where... I think the bad taste for something like this will linger more than any possible benefits. You know, I just think... I, I, think, I think the social media stuff hasn't helped either. Um, I don't know if you saw was, this. So Shelburne yeah. sent out a tweet. Um, was this yesterday? Yeah. Saying, it was yesterday, Though yeah. Coward's yeah. flinch and traitor sneer will keep the red flag flying here. 
buy your season tickets. Yeah, it wasn't, a, I suppose, a direct. Like, yeah, you didn't have to be a genius to think about what they were talking about. But there's been a bit of backlash to that, you know, and uh, Richie's alluding to people, you know, certainly not happy when seeing that about about football players um, being described that way by a club, you know, if in fact that's exact, that's what they were doing. I suppose that is up for debate. And their kids as well. Like, yeah, as Morris pointed out in the end, like, yeah. they're talking about 17 year olds, and yes, they're professional athletes or semi-professional athletes but like they're they're still kids at the end of the day and, and nobody should uh, lose sight of that not least uh, kind of social media teams and stuff mm. uh, 53106 is the text number it's a very long week isn't it it's a long Feels bloody like, build up to Christmas isn't Christmas week a long week you sound like you're in the royal family there just want to be done Oro just want to be done yeah do you you just want Christmas to be over you want oh, I just want to be done with oh, this oh for it to be just done with work yeah, yeah, well, it's a few more hours. Then. Probably I've been sorry, in town sorry, every Nathan, day. Are we keeping you? Sorry, I'm sorry. Like, like, I'm so used to working at home. The middle of the news round, you just went, God, this is a long day. I've, I've, been, I've been in town every day this week, and like, whether it's you're going for your lunch at one o'clock or you're going home right, in the evening. Color. All right. Yeah. Every pub is packed full of people having a good time. Yeah. I just want to be with those people. Well, I was supposed to Fun. be, but you made me come in here tonight. <laughs> wow, I didn't. I never make you do anything. No, that's true. Well, I mean, I suppose. But we're here. We're here all the way. I'm here to do my job. So we'd all yeah. we all, we'd all want to cheer the hell up at some stage, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, look, I'm I'm fine. I've uh, you brought it up, buddy. Sorry, I'm sorry. You looking forward to Christmas, Richie? Oh yeah, absolutely. A uh, few days off, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, all that kind of stuff. And oh, really, I just looked in the RT guide today, and they're doing uh, all of the Indiana Jones back to back again uh, around tea time. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ah, uh, you lads must. You can't be all cynical and. Like you know, a few no. days off. Surely, at surely at the age that you, you at the, the the age of parents that you guys are, Christmas must be the best thing ever. Watched Home Alone this morning. This morning, Great. wow, yeah, ten a.m. Yeah, there you go. Just on your own, <laughs> with your phone. <policy laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> kids gave up after about twenty minutes. I no, watched, they, I they, watched they, Home Alone last. They've year got to the age like ten and nine is perfect. Sort of Home Alone. Everything is wow. I wonder could I do that? Yeah, then, I've come then back we watch the program on, on Sky straight after. That's what I was going to say. The science, science of Home, of Alone. Home Alone, yeah, yeah, which shows you how to do it and the possible devastating impacts that could have on people <laughs> if you were to actually do it. I heard Mark Camo talk about this. Apparently, almost everything that happens would be either fatal or likely fatal. Uh, <laughs> I so, said, wa- so do not try Home Alone at home. We watched the first two here in think in reverse order actually over the last couple of weeks. And most of it, especially those like attack scenes or trap scenes, whatever, is just me going, oh, you'd be wrecked after that. Oh, that's your back done now. And that's that's the age I'm at now, whereas I'm watching it going, oh, poor, poor Harry's after. No, there's no way he's getting, that's a disc slip there now. He's gone straight to hospital after that. And there's no way he's getting up. I no couldn't watch up. any film as a kid. Home Alone is the best example of this. But my dad was such a, a curmudgeon about it because he'd just be <laughs> looking at it and he goes, ah, that's ridiculous. He'd be dead. He'd be, He'd be dead. That's ridiculous. If you listen to this now, tell, tell, tell me I'm lying, but 100% so. I, just, I heard, ah, they'd be dead after that. No chance. You'd never get up from that. It's just not realistic. Just ruining the films. It's just yeah. not realistic. Is, was that every movie? Speaking what, of, how would you find Indiana, Indiana, Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones was a disaster. This, this couldn't happen. It's just unrealistic. Uh, I'm 60. It's funny that we bring up Home Alone, though, because did you see that Jack Grealish was on a Home Alone 2 tour of New York last week? No, uh, I I Go saw on. some pictures of him in New Did York, he meet, and then I heard I heard somebody say that he was on a Home Alone two tour, and I hope it wasn't a joke that I've just repeated as fact. But I think he was, yeah. I think he went around like all the scenes of uh, all all the spots of uh, Home Alone two. That's just like, Jack Wheeler. He's just, 
there's a boy at heart. There's a man who's living a good life. Yeah, just a boy at heart. I haven't watched Home Alone 2 since it came out. And I know a lot of people say it's better than the original Home Alone, which I just can't imagine. Donald Trump. I wouldn't say it's better. It's great. It does have that awful Trump cameo. But the scene where Marv gets electrocuted still and his scream that accompanies it is just cinematic perfection it's go- it's brilliant I didn't think Home Alone was coming up but I didn't know I was so full of Home Alone trivia but I saw somebody also recently point out that Donald Trump's cameo is unintentionally so Trumpian because Kevin Macaulay Culkin mm. asks him what way the lobby is and Trump points down the corridor and says down the down the corridor and to the left and Kevin runs down the corridor and turns right and goes straight into the lobby Trump was lying to the little kid <laughs> <laughs> You must be excited for Christmas, Mike. You, you know, this... Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm always excited for Christmas. Are though. you? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. What else should I be watching? Just uh, Friends. No, yeah, it's Just Friends. The film with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Amy Smart. And... Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Is that a Christmas cla- movie? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all set around Christmas. Really underrated. Funny as hell. Um, yeah, it's great. That's a very good film, actually. Yeah, that's. A, I don't know if I would have picked it. Is it for it's the a kids? Very random thing to just. Oh pick God, up. no! No, okay. no, 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 no! I'm sitting there at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Going, <laughs> Richie, uh, Polar Express. Uh, one of my one of my favorite yeah. Christmas stories is so. Um, generally, I'm in town. I come into town. Uh, my one Dublin tradition is I now come into town on Christmas Eve morning, and. Um, Sometimes I might have left stuff in here that I need to pick up. Oh, yeah. So about four years ago, I came in here to pick up some stuff with my then, I think, six-year-old. And that Richie was working uh, that day and <laughs> was sitting up on the far side. And um, I was approaching up the office and he obviously heard me talking. And it, as the way we talked to each other in this uh, building, he turned around and called me something uh, as I was walking up in front of my child, which was fine. We're all sat down for Christmas dinner. The next day, and my six-year-old <laughs> pops up with Richie's, oh, no. you're uh, in front of the entire household. There's been enough cursing on the news round this week, and I've been responsible for all of it, so don't repeat it, but is there a way of at least telling me and the listener what word it is without saying the word? I think it was uh, it was the F word with an E and an R at the end of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a weird thing to say to him anyway. But it, was, oh, it, it felt natural at the time. It felt natural at the time. And the, and, and the ironic thing is, I would never, ever, ever curse in front of the lads here at all. Like, it's just like, I'm not, I'm unable to do it. It's like when you go in front of a microphone, you can't, you suddenly lose the ability to say the F word. But yeah. And nobody believed me. Nobody believed me then <laughs> on Richie's Christmas fault. Day I hadn't. I like, tell you, okay. this is exactly what happened. Richie, though, you oh, got listen. pride of place at the Murphy family oh, Christmas dinner that, that, that year. Uh, yeah. I, listen, if, he, if he's already heard that, then by all means, uh, let him watch Just Friends. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, the news <laughs> There are better options for your kids than okay. Just Friends for Christmas movies. I'll just say, uh, maybe texters can let us know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, none of the obvious ones. I've seen, like, the Christmas Chronicles and the Santa Claus and all of them. Yeah. Polar Express? Polar Express, seen that, yeah. Nativity has been oddly oh, popular I've seen, house, yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of Nativity no, 1 neither, and yeah. 2 and I watched a similar movie called Something at Mistletoe Lane which is the same sort of theme on it a couple of weeks ago yeah just a lot of sort of very average English actors in a not funny right. movie but kids yeah. love it could they go to something like mid-level like Scrooge or something yeah you I know, wonder I, was, the, I saw the, Scrooge the pop up this morning alright on, on Disney would it be a Scrooged bit... now the Bill mm, Murray, the Bill yeah, Murray. Yeah, yeah. would it be a bit too frightening maybe there's a good cartoon kind of like stop motion Scrooge I don't know what the name of the film is but it's one of those Christmas carols 
That was a couple of would years ago. Would it be ago. a Christmas Carol? Possibly, Richie. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, the Muppets Christmas Carol? There you go. Okay. Oh, there, there you go. go. You can't lose, yeah. Sorted. Uh, the news round, by the way, is brought Get to you by Gillette Labs 22 minutes past seven. for an effortless finish <laughs> to your day. Um, there's a lot of rugby on over the Christmas. Uh, tomorrow night, there's a Derby Ulster Connacht. Yeah, and Nathan Doak is going to make a rare outing at Fly Half in Ulster's URC meeting with Connacht tomorrow night. Ordinarily, a scrum half here places the injured Billy Burns with John Cooney remaining at number nine. On the flanks of the scrum, Dave McCann and Marcus Ray come in for Sam Carter and Dwayne Vermeulen. Mac Hansen is restored to a Connacht side that shows a full 12 changes from last week's Challenge Cup win away to Breve. Jack Carty, Finlay Bealham and Kean Prendergast also return. And Connacht's director of rugby, Andy Friend, said today that Gavin Thornbury is unlikely to play again this season. The lock underwent surgery on a knee tendon issue earlier this week uh, this story out of Benetton I just was reading up on it a little bit earlier on it's pretty disgusting what happened you might fill us in yeah it's developing um, almost hour by hour but Benetton has suspended this evening one of their players following a racist incident aimed at their prop Sheriff Traore the Guinea born Italy international received a rotten banana as part of a secret Santa event Traore announced last night that he had accepted an apology from his teammates but this afternoon, the United Rugby Championship demanded firm action to be taken. Following that, the federal prosecutor has now got involved with Benetton suspending the player in question until that investigation into the matter from the feds is complete. What do you say about something like this? Like, it's just... It's well, actually it, it, it hard to believe that, like... Someone could be that stupid. Someone could be that stupid, yeah. I think Benetton the have badly. hasn't yeah. been great either. Yeah. Yeah, Benetton handled it badly, whereby they didn't say that there was going to be, from the from the jump, they didn't mention an investigation. They didn't outwardly uh, apologise. They basically just said that racism has no home here, has no part, yeah. which is obviously admirable and true, uh, you would imagine. But there was no sense of an investigation or bringing somebody to account. And that's when the ORC got involved. And subsequently, even though there's been an apology and even though it's been, an, been accepted, you are talking about a racist incident here. Um, and that's why the federal prosecutor has now gotten involved uh, on foot of the URC saying they want a full investigation and um, I guess uh, outcome uh, from from what has gone on here. But like a, like a stupid, like a blindly stupid situation to start off with and then just poorly handled by the club afterwards and somebody's going to end up with a long suspension after it, you think? Uh, rugby obviously now is a never-ending game. Each match seems to go on for yeah. at least two hours. So World Rugby had a meeting last week, uh, last month, I think, about this as the tweaks they could make and they're implementing them uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, a few of them are going to come in as soon as January 1st. It doesn't seem, though, according to Rory O'Connor tweeted earlier on to say uh, that they won't be in play for the uh, New Year's Day uh, derbies. But however, kickers are going to have 90 seconds to take a conversion from the reward of a try, 60 seconds to take a penalty. There'll be less reliance on television match officials. Uh, scrums will have to come together inside 30 seconds and lineouts almost immediately as they look to uh, speed things up and end these 100-minute games. This is a good thing. Um, I'll be interested to see they might, you know, a good couple of weeks, lots of penalties, then big stakes in Six Nations, say, not that far away. It'll be almost up to referees, and we'll know after two rounds of the Six Nations whether this is real or not. Because if they don't implement it for the Six Nations, they can't come back in April and then decide they're going mm. hard on it again, you know. So it'll, oh. be up, it'll be up to the implementation, I think. But I think overall people will be happy to see this because... Yeah, God, I mean, football following the lead of it at the World Cup, but like rugby games are just internal at the moment. Well, are they going to put it up on the big screen as to how many seconds you have? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think they like are going to have the actual clock. shot mm. clocks in play. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, just make, uh, I've massive breaking news for you, by the way. Uh, this is from Kave Solikov from Sky News. 
who has just uh, told us that FIFA president Gianni Infantino followed 303 people on Instagram only. One of them was Salt Bay. Not anymore. Unfollowed. Wow. More as we get it. But uh, FIFA did say that they're going to be looking into why uh, certain personnel, uh, non-playing personnel, non-staff were allowed onto the pitch <laughs> for Sunday celebrations. But uh, that is huge news tonight. Gianni Infantino has unfollowed. Did you Salt see Bay. the video of Salt Bay cutting up the steak for Infantino? Infantino? Oh my god! Well, is that god. not his gig? It's one of the cringiest. Yeah, but what? How did po- this guy? How I, is this guy popular? Because he cuts up the steak. I'm surprised the Athletic haven't got like a ten thousand word piece on who <laughs> Salt Bay is. I think we it's, need a psychological analysis on the world that this guy's a celebrity because he dances around weirdly. But and how cuts did? Uh, uh, where? Where? What are his origins of celebrity? When did it become acceptable to pay a grand for steak just because he cuts it up in a? Weird manner and throws a bit of salt on it because it's like they don't even. It also looks Instagram the, looks. They're the worst looking steaks I've ever I'm seen sure by the time they're really finished. Fatty as well, yeah. Come on, Richie. This is your area of knowledge, is it not? Fat equals flavor. Um, yeah. uh, that's what I've always. That's what I've learned from uh, numerous cooking shows. Um, he, he was a. It was basically a meme. Like he was a. I, he I was. It was obviously at some level where it started doing the rounds as a meme on Instagram and on Twitter whereby this yoke was, was sprinkling salt on ropey-looking steaks. And from then, it just exploded to the point where he's had he has restaurants, chain of restaurants, overpriced restaurants all over the world, and these dopey footballers hanging out of him uh, because he throws salt on a steak and wears ludicrously small sunglasses indoors. Um, I, it just shows that when you have more money than God, that you just you stop knowing what to do with it, and you end up doing thick stuff like you know going to his restaurants and Becoming buddy buddy with him like uh, Mr. Infantino. 